Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Oh, Jack. Jack O'Hara. Boy, you asked me some interesting questions, my man. It's a great question, Jack. Jack, hey, it's Josh Radder. Hey there, Jack O'Hara. It's Johnny Damon. Jack, you had questions for me. Jack O'Hara? Absolutely. This message is for Jack O'Hara. Jack, how are you? Hey, Jack. Jack, hey, what's going on, man? How you doing? What's going on, Jack? Uh, listen, man, you know, you, you, you asked me a couple questions. Broadcasting around the world, you're listening to The O Show. In the show and uh, doing your thing, I mean, you've got some pr- pretty big name guests. I've seen your, your stuff, so congratulations on your success. Jack O'Hara. Much nicer guy than Conan O'Brien with much better interviewing skills. Don't forget to share this episode on your social media. Now, let's get to it. I'm so boned. I forgot to get my girl tickets for the show tomorrow, and now it's sold out. It's her freaking birthday. Oh, dude. She's definitely going to break up with you. She's definitely going to break up with me. Should have used TickPick. Wait, what'd you say? TickPick. Look. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. What? There are no hidden fees. What'd you guys think I said? Oh, TickPick. I thought you said TickPick. No hidden fees. Download today. of the B-Squared Podcast, presented by Showcase Sports Media. This is Ken Carpenter alongside my guy. Boots McGee, oh, sorry, it's Alex <laughs> Weizen. Uh, this last recording, I'm now in a boot because the injuries just keep coming. Yeah, he has the seven concussions plus now a absolutely broken foot. So I'm uh, really excited for this episode. Alex, introduce our newest special guest. Yeah, we're really excited for this one. He's got a lot on his resume, but mainly announcer for GCU TV and the host of the O Show podcast, the podcast me and Kent strive to be like. Of course. Uh, our guest, Jack O'Hara. Jack, wow. how are we doing Did today? Did you have to write that down before I came in here? Yeah, he, uh, he had the whole spiel ready of to go. Of course I did. We're going to have a little like like applause thing go on when we introduce Yeah, we're going to get oh. yeah, little, We're going to get the I crowd. am honored, guys. <laughs> Mr. President, the president of GC Sports Biz, Ken Carpenter, That's Alex, nice. thanks for having me on your show. Like I was saying before, it has been my lifelong dream for the past six weeks or so to come on your show. <laughs> and we're finally doing it in person, in studio, this is, yeah, during these weird times. Beautiful studio, my apartment, so. This is going to be a riveting conversation, <laughs> tell, right off the bat. We're excited, man. Let's jump in. We've done this with a few of our uh, big-time guests recently. Uh, we're going to do some rapid-fire questions for you. Right off the bat. Let's do it. Sometimes we're gonna wait till the end to do that. No. You guys are starting right off the bat. No, we got to get you warmed up for the hard questions. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> you guys know how to work an interview. It's awesome. <laughs> Alex, jump into it, man. All right, obviously, you know, we know you go with sports and a little bit of rock and roll. All, you go all over the place in your uh, podcast, but we're going to obviously focus on sports today. So favorite sports team? 
the New York Yankees, and you can hit the boo button. Hey, right there. I'm sure, you know, greatest team in sports history, 27 rings. Hey, um, hard to argue. Probably should have won, like, the last four World Series with our roster. I'm at a point where I'm just physically numb to the point where it's like, if they lose, it's no big deal. That's why I probably pursued other things with my podcast. It started out as strictly like a baseball and Yankee podcast when I started it four years ago, and now it's like I don't even care what happens to them. Gary Cole... Going to 60 day DL tomorrow. I don't feel like that. <laughs> I'm also a Cowboys fan, so I guess I'm also used to being them. So let's go, baby. Yeah. Let's go. Hey, big Cowboys. I'm guy. sorry. It's tough. Our last two yeah. guests on the podcast have like out of nowhere been Cowboys fans, and Kent loves it. Uh, it's actually makes my day because you don't find too many Cowboys fans anymore. Because our generation's like, yeah, they suck. So it's mostly just like my dad's generation. It's like, oh, it's America's team, but. We kind of yeah, I mean, I can't blame I can't I can't blame Jack for being a Cowboys fan. Uh, little side story here: Jack and I actually met through a mutual friend, our boy Dan Hankowski. Shout out Dan! Shout out Dan! Um, shout out to Dan! What the hell, man? And uh, you, you guys, you guys both grew up in New Jersey together, correct? That's correct. We played for the same club baseball team for wow. almost five years. Wow! Which was nuts because he grew up in like forty minutes from me, but we found a way to connect through the same club baseball team, yeah. and we developed a bond through that. And then he came out here when I was a junior, so yeah, yeah, he was a transfer. Yeah, two years. And I remember the first day he hit me up, or didn't hit me up, he ran into me. I was just walking down, because it was playoff season, it was probably like Yankees, Astros, and the ALCS. Oh, God. And he was just like, Jack, what's up, man? I've been looking for you everywhere. And like, I recognized his face, but like, I wasn't thinking. He's got such a recognizable face. I wasn't thinking New Jersey. He's like, you don't recognize me, do you? I'm like, dude, I'm so sorry. Like, I'm usually not good with people that run into me. I immediately thought, like, oh, he's just in one of my classes, like, freshman year. Like, I have some of those people who are still like, hey, man, remember me, English 101? Like, no, I don't. That was four years ago. But he was like, oh, what about now? He, like, took off his glasses. I'm like, no, that's not doing it for me. It's like, Dan Hankowski, you played for the Morris County Cubs. I'm like, Holy shit. Like, I was not thinking New Jersey. <laughs> but when I saw him, I'm like, oh, dude, we got to get together for the playoff run. Yeah. Which ended in Jose Altuve oh, getting all this Chapman's smile in front of 100,000 people. On yeah, any, any more this jersey you pulled off? Oh, that was so sus. So we met at a Yankees viewing party at Dan's uh, apartment on campus. Were a Yankees, a Yankees it's, it's just because of baseball. And, yeah, so uh, that was when Daddy Rosarena owned the Yankees. And, you know, our boy Dan, he's a diehard Yankees fan, and he just goes in a complete shutdown mode if they lose. And they lost. And that's how we met. We met at, a, as Jack calls it, a Hankowski meltdown. <laughs> I mean, you reached out to me to come on the podcast, and you were like, I don't know if you remember me. And I'm like, dude, I remember you. We shared a very special moment there, watching Dan throw chair after chair up against the wall, throw his hat down. Crying like a baby. So I gotta give him credit because that's how most Yankee fans are back home where we grew up. Yeah. Like my dad and my brother were probably doing the exact same thing back home. I, I've just kind of aged out, like I said. You guys are numb to the no. pain. Yeah, it's funny. It's my I have other interests too. It's, yeah. it's okay. I'll, I'll survive. Read a book. You know? We've talked about Dan for five minutes. I think the podcast's over. We got achieved what we needed to achieve. <laughs> uh, next question Favorite athlete of all time? Favorite athlete of all time? It's not someone who's necessarily the best athlete. I, he was definitely my favorite player growing up just because of his personality and the way he carried himself was Nick Swisher. Because Nick Swisher, I think, set an example for a lot of young kids because we were like eight, nine, ten years old back in the day when he uh, 
obviously growing up in Jersey, a big Yankee fan when he came to the Yankees. He just set the example. A ton of clutch hits as well, but his personality and the way he just overall lives his life, I admire. So he's definitely my favorite athlete. Definitely like a Nick Swisher. All right, a little straying away from sports. Favorite food? Just steak. I, if you go to Longhorn Steakhouse, North Metro Parkway, tell them you know me, they'll give you a steak on the house. I eat it for free because I go once a week and I've developed a close personal relationship with their head manager. Are, have I've they been on the podcast? <laughs> I, not yet. They're going to sponsor the show, though. Really? We're getting to that point where I'm working on a sponsorship deal with Longhorn because I go so freaking often. My next steak is my 100th steak in the last four years. And all my friends who have ever gone with me, we're all culminating together. We're all, we're all dressing up for the big event. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, we're, we're doing the same with Culver's. You know, we, yeah. there's, a, there's a period we went to Culver's once or three times a week, maybe seven. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we're trying to get them to sponsor. Can we, uh, can we get a live stream of your 100 thing? You probably can. It's going to be a big event. The last time I went, I went alone and I sat down with a couple, a couple of the waitresses came to sit next to me because they were like, dude, you come here every week and you always come alone. And then the manager came over just to like talk politics because I guess he, he trusts me with his views or whatever. And I'm just like, yeah, we're going to get the balloons ready. We're going to get the cameras. Everybody's coming in. Mel, you're, you're flying in Mel Gibson, right? I met him once a few years ago. We took a picture with Post Malone once too. He came in. And I didn't even know who he was. I thought he was just some homeless guy. Because it was before he got his haircut and everything. And he was just like, he's like, wow, this is a big steak, man. I'm like, thanks, bro. Like, I, I had no idea who he was. And we were at uh, a table with a couple of our friends, and our conversation that night was about Post Malone, ironically enough. <laughs> and he pulls up and sits right down right next to us. They're all choked up, but I'm just sitting there eating my steak. I'm like, why is this homeless guy talking? <laughs> Turns out to be like the most famous pop star of our generation today. So <laughs> we, we've had some, we've had a blast of Longhorn steak. Now, steak is my favorite food. To answer your question. Two rapid fire questions in under 20 minutes. Right, let's go. Hey, we got three. We're doing better than we thought. Oh, sweet. All right. The last, one. last rapid fire. Uh, we had the sports team, athlete, and food. And our last rapid fire question: favorite sports film? Favorite sports film? Boldor. Bold turn. Bold turn. I like Kevin that. Kevin Costner. I like it. Almost every Kevin Costner movie. There was the one for the love of the game. I thought had no continuity in it. There was one time where like the batter was hitting righty and he was number thirteen for the final out of his perfect game. And then they cut back to him after the celebration on the mound, and he was number 71 wearing, like, a left-hander's bat, like, batter's helmet. I'm like, there's no continuity in this movie. This sucks. But Bull um, Durham, yeah. Like, it's almost like he knew I was throwing fastballs. Like, he did. How? I told him. <laughs> I think that's old. Alrighty. Well, sorry. The easy questions are over. We're going to go into a couple harder questions, and then we're just going to talk baseball for the rest of the show. But the uh, first question, obviously, um, with your GCU TV and your podcast, looks like there's a little bit of a broadcasting goal there. But what are your career goals? What do you want to do with your life after GCU? So, obviously, I want to get into commentating. Play-by-play commentator for GCU TV, like you said, all sports that I do, mainly baseball now because... Without when Michael Potter, who usually does play-by-play, when he's out doing basketball radio on the fanatic something or other, I never get the numbers right. Uh, they leave baseball to me because I'm like our only guy who's um, competent when it comes to calling baseball. So, uh, baseball commentating is obviously the goal. The podcast has formed into something I didn't think it was going to form into. It became more about just talking to individuals on a personal level. It started out as a, a sports show. 
kind of like what you guys are doing now, and it kind of has just morphed into something else. Yeah. Because again, with COVID and everything, like there were no sports, and I just started interviewing people. Like I'm, I come from a big music family. That's where like the rock and roll side comes uh, in me. I'm a big rock guy when it comes to music tastes. Uh, but yeah, for for play by play commentary, I always knew I wanted to do that since I was five years old. I went to my first New York Yankee game at the old Yankee Stadium in like 2006. My brother and I, for whatever reason, I still don't know why, we dressed up in full baseball uniforms, like <laughs> pants, cleats, every, like we wore cleats. I was the same guy. For whatever reason, in 2006, they let us wear cleats. I think they were rubber, rubber cleats. Oh, they were spikes. Yeah. yeah, I'm like, if they were spikes, they probably wouldn't have let us in now that I think about it. Like, I was six years old at the time, but yeah, they were probably rubber cleats, but we were literally sitting in section 420, upper deck, nosebleeds, wearing full baseball uniforms with our grandfather who had season tickets. And after I got home from the game that day, they lost like four to three to the Angels or whatever. Uh, I immediately, instinctively, didn't even have to think about it. I wrote about the game. I wrote like three paragraphs about my experience, and it was just something automatic. And I continued to do that until I got here. Maybe a couple of years after, like sophomore year in college, I wrote about every single event that I went to, whether it was sports, music, film festivals, whatever I was doing because I just naturally loved it. I wanted to write. Uh, I constantly analyzed games on TV before they said it on TV, and my dad would be like, holy shit. <laughs> he knows what he's talking like, about. I'm sure there's a ton of stories like that, yeah. too, but he's like, oh, maybe you, maybe you should pursue like sports casting or broadcasting. Yeah. So when I finally got my opportunity to do it, it was with the organization called the Southern California Catch. And as a kid from the New York, New Jersey area, I got a chance to live in Southern California for a summer to broadcast baseball. It was a dream come true. And through that, Davis Ford, who was the statistician, he was a senior here last year, graduated, has since graduated. He was friends with a guy named Philip Catalfamo, who used to call uh, broadcasts here at GCTV. He graduated two years ago. But he's like, yeah, he gave me his reel. I'm breaking my mask as I'm talking. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to wear this on the weekend. Man, he's ripping that thing apart. Um, <laughs> but, but Phil showed my stuff to GCTV, and off the bat, they brought me in for an interview. They're like, you want to do this? I'm like, hell yeah. I called seven or eight different sports, so I've been doing that for the past three years and having an absolute blast with it because, again, that is what I want to do. Play-by-play commentary for a baseball team, I'd love to do that. And on the podcast side... Um, I'd love to get a chance to a point where I'm doing it like Joe Rogan does it as a livelihood, you know? Like he just gets to show up whenever he wants, he gets to choose his own hours, gets to bring in whoever he wants to talk to because he's the number one show in the world. I'd love to get to a point where, you know, that's a big goal to have, but I'd love to get to a point where I can support myself in doing that because I have a blast talking to people, connecting with people on a level that I never really thought I'd get the chance to. Yeah, well... We're getting started by you being on B squared, so I think this is a big platform, guys. Big interview. So far, so good. I think. Make or break for your career. Clicked out yet? (laughs) I mean, five. We started the podcast talking about Hank for five minutes. Maybe that kind of put us over the edge. Maybe we can edit that out later. (laughs) Yeah. So just building off that, what kind of inspired you to start your podcast, and then how did you start to really cultivate your friendships with uh, high-profile guests? So the podcast started spontaneously. Honestly, it was literally my brother and I were like ranting about, you know, in town politics, talking mad shit, crap. I don't know if I'm allowed to curse on the show. Awesome. We were talking shit about people in our town. 
and my mom was just getting really offended, but we were cracking up, and my dad's like, you guys should start a podcast. Like, a podcast? Like, I didn't even, like, give it a thought. Like, yeah. three years ago, podcasts were big. I feel like we're in the midst of the podcast era. Everyone has a podcast now. It doesn't yeah. really matter who you are. Uh, but back then, I was like, let's start a podcast. Yeah, let's start a podcast. And then the next day, we started a podcast. No thought at all. Released our first episode within 48 hours of even thinking about having a podcast. It's probably still up, again, like three, four years ago. The worst thing we ever possibly could have done. When we look back at it, there's so much dead air time. We didn't know how to edit. We didn't know how to prep for a podcast. We literally pressed record with no plan. Like, what are we going to talk about? We were just looking at each other for like the first five seconds. We're like, oh, this is so much harder than I thought it was going to be. Like, we focused so much. Like, we had big TV with our logo on it. We had, like... All these decorations, all these jerseys set up in the background. Uh, but we had no idea what we were doing. So, like, it was not a well thought out thing. It really took me, like, a good 100, maybe 150 episodes to really find my wheelhouse. I, I could even say during COVID, the past 12 months is when I really hit my stride with big profile guests because yeah. to get to that question, I probably wouldn't have had the same opportunity to get big time guests when it comes to, like, Hollywood celebrities or big time musicians if it wasn't for them being locked in their homes doing nothing, you know? Because <laughs> again, like everybody, nobody has an excuse anymore not to talk to me, right? right? It's like, usually it's like, oh, I'm too busy. It's like, no, you're not. You're, you're stuck in your house. How's Tuesday work? 315, you know? Like it literally got to that point. I think my first big guest during COVID that I probably wouldn't have gotten was Jordan Belford, who's notoriously the Wolf of Wall Street. And it's like, I'm not even interested in like what the guy had to say. It was more about getting the big guest on my show. Even to this day, I'm like, I really don't know what he was ranting about. I'll probably be thankful for like 15 years down the road when I'm like talking, like having to deal with finances, you know, supporting the family or whatever. But like looking at it now, like he, because I knew he was going to rant about himself. Like he has that reputation of like, I asked him like three questions. It was like an hour long podcast. Just ranting about himself, but like that was just like to get you know, oh my god, Jack reeled in Jordan Belford. Like that was all about to get like, okay, like he's actually getting some pretty cool guests. Did you just DM him on Instagram or what? Yeah, so he had like a webinar, yeah, that was supposed to be a seminar in Atlantic City. But since it was a webinar, I'm like, oh, that's a perfect time to introduce myself, talk to him for like a second, and invite him on my show. He's like, yeah, sure thing, Jack. I'll carve out some time and we can, you know, chat about sales. I'm like, oh, fantastic. <laughs> so, let's go. Uh, and again, like, I'll probably value that sometime down the road. But right now, it was just basically to get a big name on the show. And that kind of led to, again, pursuing sports broadcasting. I have, I've had a ton of sports broadcasters. Joe Davis, we talked about Alana Rizzo the other day. I had on um, John Sterling with the Yankees. He's the radio broadcaster. Uh, Gary Cohn with the Mets, Victor Rojas, who was the Angels broadcaster, just a, just a ton of you know people in my area of expertise and area of what I want to do with my life, and they're all great. And then I want to say it was last fall is when I really got going when it came to big guests. I talked to a couple of big rock stars, Corey Taylor from Slipknot, uh, big rock guy again, like that's like hardcore rock and. Um, and after Corey, I want to say it was Kobe Smulders from How I Met Your Mother that I was able to get in contact with through that same publicist. So again, it's about building relationships at the same time. Like there's been a few publicists that have gone out of their way to help me out. Be like, oh yeah, like they liked your interview. I can trust you now. Let me throw you another bone this way. So that's how I got in touch with Kobe Smulders. Again, that's probably my favorite sitcom of all time, How I Met Your Mother. Uh, I got to interview Josh Radner too, play Ted Mosby. 
it was uh, really cool. And that started, you know, because again, I started posting a lot of stuff on social media too. Like I never really did that as much as I am right now. Mm -hmm. I'm like senior year in college, may as well get all this content out while I can. You know, like I got zero Fs to give at this point. I have some credible names. Just throw everything out there, see what people think. And it, yeah. it's gotten a lot of great feedback to the point where uh, publicists have reached out to me asking to interview their clients. Like, again, not like huge names, but like at least I'm still getting my name out there. Yeah. Having great conversations with people, connecting with people on um, a, a personal level, which is awesome because people will tell their friends, be like, this guy was a great interviewer or whatever. I, I mean, I still have a, a long way to go, but I feel like I've finally gotten to that point where people uh, see my stuff on LinkedIn or Instagram, you know, like a few of those Barstool Sports guys have finally followed me, you know, Jared Kravis, I've built a great relationship with, he's a great human being, like he plays a character, he plays an absolute scumbag, you know, in front of the camera, I'm not going to lie, same with Eric Hubs with the Yankees, but they're great guys, you know, off the camera when you're just talking to them, I don't know if I can say the same about Dave Portnoy, I'm still kind of debating on him, uh, but those guys, like, they're great, you know, like I've been able to build these key relationships that have not only grown me as a human being, but they've helped me out professionally. These people are hooking me up with guests that I never thought I'd be able to have, you know, with whether it's actors, actresses, talked, I literally got off the phone with Bob Saget before I came here, that's why I was an hour late. I talked to Carol Baskin from the Time documentary <laughs> on Monday. Bro, nuts. Crazy conversation. And I've finally gotten to a point where like I can ask questions that I'd be too timid to ask. Like a year Did you ago. kill her husband? Well, yeah, that's what to say. Is that one of the questions? You're going to have to tune in and listen. Oh, guys, my right? God. This, hey, this is big time. That's a great plug right there. It was almost a two-hour interview, too. So wow. we, we got a lot out of that. But, again, I've been very fortunate to get to a point where, like, I'm proud to say that I've been able to talk to some of these big names. Not only talk to them, but talk to them the way I want to. Again, like, I got zero Fs to give when it comes to the questions I ask anymore. You know? <laughs> like, I'm going to ask what I want to ask. Because at the end of the day, you only live once. You only ask... Like, how many times are you going to be able to interview someone like that? Like Bob Saget, yeah. So, you ask what you want to ask, and worst-case scenario, they hang up on you. To this point, that has not happened. Hey, I think we need to get Carlos Correa on the podcast oh, now yeah. and ask what we need to ask. Ask everything. I think he'd be very timid if you guys came at him with a... Oh, you know, we, 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 won, we won the game, we, we played... Talk about stuff that you know he didn't expect, and then catch him off sides, yeah. yeah. And then just flip him around, hit him with a steel chair. <laughs> oh, yeah. More than that, we'd be uh, we'd be on it real quick. But no, um, with all those high-profile people, tell us who your favorite one's been. You've had uh, a bunch of big people on. I recently had Rob Schneider on. He was a big SNL cast member, big comedian, actor, screenwriter. He was just very kind, you know, like sometimes with these big celebrities, you know, they know they're talking to a college student and they might not, you know, give their best self. At least that's the way I think when I'm hopping on, be like, all right, expect the worst, uh, adjust to the best, you know? Yeah. As soon as I hopped on with him, and again, like, I know he's a very funny comedic actor, but like, who's to say they're like that in real life? As soon as I hopped on with him, he was like, hey there, handsome, how's it going, Jack? I'm like, hey, Rob Schneider. You know, like, he was just very nice right off the bat, like, asking me about myself. He's like, I love what you're doing with the podcast. I've seen the guests that you've had on. I'm like, you, you've seen my podcast, Rob Schneider? I'm sure he's just being nice, but, like, at least, like, he was, like, making it seem like, like, that's a great look for, you know, people tuning in and seeing your stuff for, like, someone of that caliber and be like, oh, wow, you're doing great stuff, kid. Rob Schneider was a big one. Kobe Smulders was definitely the sweetest guest I had on. 
she was just above and beyond nice. I was told that I was going to get like 20 minutes with her. She gave me like almost an hour of conversation, wow. yeah. which was great. Honestly, Carol Baskins, after talking to her for two hours, <laughs> dude, it was, it was eye-opening for sure. Like, because <laughs> that kind of took me out of my wheelhouse, you know? Like, I love sports. I love rock. I love film. I love talking to people about personal stuff. She, you know, talking about tigers for almost two hours. You're kidding. It was, it was definitely a stretch. Took me way out of my comfort zone. <laughs> uh, but yeah, overall, you know, those are the big name guests that people would recognize. I love talking to, uh, again, sportscasters. There's mental health coaches and authors that I love talking to because I feel like that's important stuff to talk about. I, I just love getting out of my comfort zone and expanding my knowledge on things and asking curious questions. Uh, with, with people like that in that regard. But yeah, some of the my most fav or my most, you know, uh, memorable guests definitely Rob Schneider and Colby Smolders, just because I did not expect them to be as nice to me as I thought going in. Yeah, one of the ones I really enjoyed was uh when you had uh Gaden Matarazzo. I probably said his yeah, name wrong, yeah. but uh no, he's not, plays no, plays no, Dustin no, from Stranger no. Things. <laughs> That was a really enjoyable one because I think he was from the same area as you, right? As That's well, right. pretty close. And I did not. I, I was told going in, like, you're going to get five minutes tops because my booking agent, Carol, sweetheart, she's great, hooks me up with these guests. And sometimes they're legit, like, oh, they're doing meet and greets. I'll, I'll hook you up with a free meet and greet, make the most of the opportunity. And it, and it turns out good for content. So I talked to him for a little bit, but I'm like, what are some good questions that'll catch him off guard and that'll make him want to talk to me for more than five minutes? I'm like, we're from Jersey, and the biggest debate in Jersey is, you know, the difference between pork roll and Taylor ham, egg and cheese, because it's the same thing, but they just call it Taylor ham, where we're from, mm -hmm. and it's like literally the one thing we have. Like, it's our one elegant decency coming out of that slum of the state. <laughs> I don't know, Dan would say Wawa. Wawa, yeah, Wawa. <laughs> Wawa, there, my yeah. bad. God damn it, get it right. Wawa. Unbelievable. Wawa's pretty cool too, but uh, the, the Taylor Ham Egg and Cheese is definitely our one delicacy. And I asked him straight up, I'm like, what do we call pork roll back home if you're truly from Jersey? He's like, well, I'm from South Jersey, so it's a little different. We call it pork roll, but my dad's from back on the north side where I'm from. He's like, he calls it Taylor Ham Egg and Cheese, and his dad starts screaming from the other end. <laughs> he's like, it's Taylor Ham, goddammit, Gaten. He's like, see, now you're wild up my dad. And like his entire family was going at it in the background behind the camera. I'm like, yes. So like, I always like try to ask questions that'll like provoke, um, you know, people's brains and make them think a lot more than they normally would. Because again, I didn't have so much time with him, but it seemed a lot longer because I asked a question that really interested him. You know, as opposed to hearing something that he's heard a thousand times over. That was definitely interesting. I'm excited to see uh, what new guests we get. I'm. I really want to see that uh, Carol Baskin. I, I honestly want to ask you now, what's your favorite kind of tiger is my question. <laughs> I don't even know, dude. Like, she was literally just talking about the Wilner. She was, the big thing that she talked about was how she, she was tricked into doing the documentary. Really? She, she thought the documentary was going to be something called, like, Blue Wild or something. Oh, that was going to air on HBO. And that, that's what they were filming, and then they started asking questions about Joe Exotic, and she was like, I don't understand why they're asking me questions like this. And then once COVID hit, they came out with Tiger King, and they're like, this isn't the documentary we signed up for. And when they watched it, and they made it seem like she was like this evil, murder, uh, psychopath bitch, and those were her words exactly on the show. She was like appalled. She's like, this is not what we signed up for. And right. they like, sued um, whoever 
the villain did. Yeah. But I don't think they won. Because they had they had the uh, um, they had consent of the film. The film, right? But the, yeah, she had no idea that that's what the documentary was going to be about. And like looking at it from that perspective, I'm like. And again, this does not answer your question. I have no idea what kind of time it was. It was definitely just a spitball. Well, <laughs> see, we actually took your advice. We got you to think and uh, give us more information than you planned on. It God works. Bless you guys, you're listening. You're listening to the interview. I love, I love the uh, the northern white Siberian tiger. <laughs> Why do you favorite. know that? <laughs> no, I, I'm a big saber tooth guy. I know they're scared, <laughs> but. <laughs> oh my god! But yeah, that that was definitely something that took me out of my comfort zone. That conversation. Yeah. Yeah, that's something you gotta learn. I actually wanna ask you this, because my dad's from uh, Washington Township in Jersey, so. No way! Yeah, so. I'm from Washington. I never say I'm from Washington Township yeah. because no one else where from Washington Township. Uh, that's a good question. You went to Warren Hill, I think? Warren Hills, okay. Yeah, uh, high school, and. Uh, you played yeah, them in baseball? Blue Streaks, yeah, so. Yeah, they were in our conference. My, my dad played football there, so I was there this, uh, not summer 2020, summer of 2019. Right. And uh, I just want to know your thoughts on the differences between Jersey and Arizona. And, like, do you like Arizona a lot? Are you more of a Jersey guy? Like, everybody from that area is like, man, I do not miss the cold. I kind of want to hear your thoughts. So I feel like Hank would definitely have a different answer to this. <laughs> he, he loves New Jersey. He had to move to Delaware. It's beautiful, but it's weird. Um, I absolutely, not holding back, zero Fs to give, <laughs> hate New Jersey with <laughs> a dying passion. Couldn't have been a happier day for me when I graduated high school knowing that I was coming here for at least the next four years. Now I'm confirmed to stay here in Scottsdale for at least another year. Yes. I hate, I hated growing up there with the people. It's got to be the weather because again, it's cold seven months out of the year. The people are rude. New York and New Jersey, those are yeah. what they're known for. They're bashful. They're in your face. That in your face type mentality. Coming here, people just have a wider knowledge for things everybody's more understanding out here where back there it's like you're either a jock or you're a complete loser that was the mentality like seriously like that's the same in california like this stinks i mean yeah in in certain retrospects but i feel like out here people are way more kind even in california compared to back home like i would i compare this to be a much nicer um environment when it comes to people just being relaxed nonchalant i do appreciate the sports culture back east in New York and Boston because I feel like back there it, you just live and breathe. New York Yankees, Boston Red Sox, New England Patriots, yeah. all that all that stuff. We're out here, it's kind of still a little bit more nonchalant. Well, uh, have you been to LA? Like, yeah. the Dodgers culture is pretty, uh, I'd say it's pretty comparable in terms of that. Arizona, I would say no, not at all. I went to uh, I went to the it was Red Sox Dodgers World Series in yeah. a few years ago. It was that game Puig hit the three run home yes. run? Yes, yep. And it looked awesome on television, but like I was there in the stands, it did not feel like a World Series atmosphere. Really? Yeah. I mean, yes, the, the Lakers. I've been to the Lakers game. They're up there with the Yankees yep. and the Red Sox. The Dodgers. I'm still kind of trying to get there because I feel like again, just the overall nature of fans. Way more laid back. Fair. That's California people as a whole, though. I feel like LA yes. is, a, as a general, a general like stereotype is very chill. Yeah. Which is what I appreciate. New Yorkers, literally, they're quick to turn on a dime on the team. It's either like, oh my god, we got to fire Aaron Boone. He has no idea what he's doing. He's making all the wrong bullpen moves. Like I could coach this team if Gary Sanchez has a grand slam to tie the game in the bottom of that inning. Who's gonna beat us? Who's gonna beat? We're unstoppable. Who's gonna like? Next totally inning pass ball. Yeah, I'm like, are you kidding me? We were just bashing these guys 15 minutes ago, like, and that's Hank. That's what we. Yeah, that's what exactly. We saw during the playoffs, 
absolutely loses his shit when things are going awry, but when things are going well, it's like, we're going to win the World Series. Yeah. No problem. We're, we're going to steamroll through this division. Uh, I want to hear, just speaking of Hank, I want to hear your uh, input on this. Dan believes that Gio Urshela is the best third baseman in the league. I think he made a case for being one of the better defenders in the American League in 2019 and 2020. That's two years. He's had two great years after coming off what was definitely a mediocre career leading up with the Indians and whoever else he played for. But come on, Nolan Arenado. Matt Chapman. Matt Chapman. Like, are you kidding me? It's ridiculous. That is a stereotypical Yankee fan thinking that <laughs> everyone on his team is the best player in the league. You can give me Rendon, too. So. Greg Bird, yeah. when everything's going right, has the potential to be an MVP caliber player. <laughs> AL MVP. Part of a dynasty. One of the greatest Yankee first basemen of all time. Way better hitter than Judge Stanton Sanchez. LeMahieu, like, no, he's not. He was garbage. Still is garbage. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I love the passion that he has, too. Is he, he looks at me straight in the face, he goes, oh, we're in the World Series this year. I'm like, you realize that? Like, I didn't ask. You lost more than you gained. You realize the Dodgers are still around, correct? Number one. Number two, they lost to the Rays. Yeah. And the Rays were like, I, they took the Dodgers to six, but I wouldn't say the Rays were like an elite team. No. The AL... If I can go with anybody, I definitely would not necessarily go Yankees. I did predict they potentially could make the World Series, but White Sox are up there. I mean, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. Most of these teams in the MLB right now are built, like the teams that you know are making the postseason are built to be postseason teams. It's when you get to the postseason is when it comes down to timing. Yeah. It almost never goes the way that you expect it to go, except for the Dodgers, of course, even though they were down 3-1 in the series to the Braves. The Braves, and yeah. the NLCS, That was not looking promising. I thought it was going to be Braves-Raves. Like, I was excited. <laughs> and then the Dodgers came storming back. Bellinger to the home run in Game 7. Dislocates his shoulder. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. yeah, but I was happy for the Dodgers. I mean... You go to the World Series three out of four years, you better win this one. And then yeah. to do it the way they did it, Tommy Lasorda's final ride, literally weeks before he died, it was definitely special for Dodgers. And Don Sutton as well, yeah. Yeah, that is very oh, true. Tough. But yeah, let's jump into a little baseball, man. Spring training's going on right now. I don't know how closely you've been following it. Um, just kind of getting started. I will say this, Alex and I want to give you guys, listeners, a little update. I am currently working for the Oakland A's in spring training. That's been going great. Alex, tell me about you, what you've been doing. Uh, well, working in ticket sales when uh, there's not very many tickets to sell. <laughs> it's a very interesting job. Easy paycheck. Yeah, there you go. He's working at Goodyear Ballpark. <laughs> it's true. I'm working with Matt Gregory over at the Small Ball Podcast. Our boss uh, thought it'd be a great idea to put the two of us in our will call booth together. So, uh, you know, That's we're definitely. just messing around. Yeah, a little, a little dysfunctional there. But mm-hmm. I, I will say this. Uh, I want to tell a little story to everybody. I told Alex this already. Um, I almost lost my mind on the, was it was it Sunday? I think it was Sunday. It was the first game. The first game. Against the Dodgers. Um, against the Dodgers. It was A's Dodgers to open spring training. And I'm working, uh, I'm driving people that have cars on carts, right? And then, like, players are also going to go by on a road right here, um, right near the stadium outside. So the game's in, like, the sixth inning. The starters are all pulled. And I'm sitting here in my cart, and this silver Chevy Tahoe pulls up. And I'm like, okay, it's just another car. Window rolls down. It's Maddie Seeger in the driver's seat and Corey Seeger in the passenger seat. And Corey Seeger goes, hey, how do we get out of here? And I literally, for about five seconds, could not say anything. Really? Because that's one of my favorite players. I'm just a like, diehard Dodger fan. I'm like, eh, that way to the right and get out. Uh, you'll be able to get out. And 
they're like, thank you, and they park, and Edwin Rios, the third baseman, jumps out of the car and gives me freaking knuckles, and I'm like, oh my god, I'm going to pee myself. This is the Dodgers. And then they drove off. I mean, I had a close story similar to that. I had uh, Fermil Reyes' brother today come up to our ticket booth and say, how come they only we only gave him three will call tickets instead of four? <laughs> I mean, we don't do the tickets, but uh, <laughs> that's as close. I apologize <laughs> on behalf of everybody. Sorry, I don't make the call. I just hand him out and then uh, mess around with Matt Gregory. <laughs> yeah, no, but it's uh, it was crazy. Just I will say to everybody, if you watch the World Series and like the post-game thing, when they are like, hey, Corey, you've won this Chevy Tahoe for winning World Series. He actually has the Chevy Tahoe. Actually, what he said is a perfect wedding gift for my wife. He's actually letting his wife drive it, and they're yeah. driving around Arizona with it. So Full circle. Hey, respect for taking advantage of a free car. I mean, the guy's rich, but he's like, hey, free car, I'm going to drive it around. So. I mean, he's still on a rookie contract, so he's not as rich as you think. That's fair, but he's still richer than I'm, I am, or anybody that I've... Well, we can barely so. afford Culver. Kent, yeah, so. I, I'm struggling when I have to put a you know a burger on my credit card. So, no, but that's a great spring training story. Now, like you're not because again, you have six weeks to create so many opportunities yeah. for yourself. Just be, it doesn't matter if you're working at ticket sales. What do you what do you do for the days? I'm doing on game day off, so just like getting yeah. So you're around you're around the ballpark all day. You're gonna run into people. I I had a few spring training stories like that to tell one. My freshman year, I, I worked for the Angels for three years in uh, ballpark ops, just like clubhouse yeah, stuff similar. and stuff. Like I remember first day, like Albert Pujols, like sees my name tag, he's like, "Hey Jack, how's it going?" I'm like Albert Pujols knows my name, <laughs> uh, but there was I was working concessions. I was doing the Miller Lite tab, making beers at uh, the Milwaukee Brewers spring training with alongside doing my Angels gig because like freshman year, I'm like, I'm gonna work for all the teams. <laughs> I think I worked for four teams freshman year. Like, I have no idea why I overloaded myself with that. But I remember working concessions, and John Heyman, who's, like, the most yeah. critically acclaimed reporter, has a, has an agenda. Like, he's always looking to get the scoop before everybody else. Yeah. Pulls up looking for a hot dog or, like, a glass of water or whatever. And he's waiting in line or whatever on his phone. I'm like, all right, that's John Heyman. Here's my chance to make an impression. I'm like, Mr. Heyman, how are you doing today? He's like, wow, I didn't realize anybody uh, knew me here. Like, kudos to you for everything. I'm like, yeah, are you doing anything today? He's like, yeah, I mean, I'm here to scout, you know, some of the AAA prospects, but let MLB Network know or whatever. And I'm like, oh, that's great. And we had, like, a nice bounce back and forth conversation for about two minutes. He's like, you know what? Thanks so much, Jack. And he, like, reached into his pocket, and I'm like, he's about to give me his card. I made it. You did it, Jack. You did it. He gave me, like, a $5 tip. <laughs> okay. Like, I'll, I'll take it, but, you know, the card would have been nice. Yeah, that connection. But that was, like, my first day there. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, people are just walking around. And another story. This wasn't that spring training. I was working for – I was working security for the Diamondbacks. The It was a few weeks after freshman year had ended. This was 2018. It was Mother's Day. So I remember getting a Mother's Day tote bag that I was like, I'll give this to my mom one day. I don't think she ever got it. Um, I was working, it was a Sunday night baseball game, and I was working the ESPN baseball tonight truck, and my only job was to make sure that Matt Vasgersian, A-Rod, and Jessica Mendoza got into and out of the truck safely without anybody bothering them. So it was basically like, don't talk to them, don't do anything, and of course I'm just like, hey, how are you guys doing today? And just walk past me uh, a few times, actually. Yeah. Uh, but at the end of the night, uh, they finally get back into the truck. And I'm like, all right, my shift's over. I really got to go to the bathroom. And can I go to the bathroom? There was a porta potty like right across from the truck. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm going, and that was going number two. 
I'm not proud to say it in Fort Potty. It's kind of gross. Ew. But I'll say it just to justify the story and okay. solidify its eliteness. Because I'm, I'm sitting there, I'm like, what's the worst thing that could happen when you're sitting in a porta potty and the thing had no lock? And I'm just sitting there, I'm like, oh, Don't God. tell me, gentlemen does that. And the door opens on me, like, someone's in here! Like, you have that voice that, like, comes out of nowhere, like, comes out of your body. It's like, oh, God, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, that was A-Rod. Oh, no! And I grew up a Yankee, like a diehard Yankee fan. I'm thinking, like, my childhood idol just saw my junk. I was embarrassed for about five seconds, and then, like, five seconds later, I'm like, oh, this is pretty cool. I'm going to get to tell this story for the rest of my life. A-Rod saw my junk. So I'm sitting there for, like, the next five minutes. I'm like, all right, I have five minutes to, like, figure out what I'm going to say to the guy, right? So I finally get out, and I'm like, Oh, I'm sorry about that, Mr. Rodriguez. <laughs> and he just like slaps me on the chest with his big baseball mitt hand. He's like, it's all right, man. At least it wasn't Jennifer. And I turn to the big Chevy Tahoe waiting for him. And Jennifer Lopez is sitting in the back seat, just like awkwardly waving at me. Oh my God. And she knows that her husband just walked in on me taking a shit in the court <laughs> That's probably the best thing I've ever heard. It's such an awkward story. Like, looking back at it now, I'm like, oh, if I ever write a book one day, like, that'll, be, that'll take up a chapter. That's page one. That's Mother's Day, 2018. A-Rod saw my joke. Well, I think to make it perfect, you got to make that chapter two. Come on. Oh, there you go. Number two. Wow, look at so, you. The puns. Hit. Look at you. We're going to make the adjustment, kid. I Great. Yeah, I think that's probably going to be that the most unique story we've ever heard. Yeah, do you, do you have any uh, closing words to top that? Well, I want to thank you guys for coming on the show. Oh, <laughs> I'm so used to saying that. But, um, I want to thank you guys thank you so for much on. for allowing me to come on your show yeah, and tell stories like that. Because, again, like the storytelling aspect of things, that's what I'm passionate about. Like you say, like this is probably the biggest episode when it came to storytelling. Like, that's what I'm all about. I love being able to connect with people in a way that uh, you just don't see on a normal basis. Because, again, like, you get caught up in the current news, whether it's sports, whether it's politics. Don't ever talk about politics on your show. Oh, good. No, we don't. Never run into that. That's, like, my one rule. Uh, But I I enjoy doing that, and it's been great getting to catch up with you guys. Because I haven't talked to you in, like, four months. This is the first (laughs) time I've talked to Kent, so... No, I feel like we're on a we're on a good basis now that I've gotten all of that off my chest. Hey, maybe B Square got to be on the O show. There you go. <laughs> I, don't I don't know if we tell enough stories. No, nah, that's probably probably not. <laughs> you guys probably have a lot of stuff that you could talk about. <laughs> probably. Uh, the first thing I'm saying when I go on is, "Hey, all you cool cats and kittens." I'm that's what she said. So why not? <laughs> it, of course, that is. that's her. It's the first thing she said when she hopped on the Zoom call. Like, it's just me. It's. Uh, I am the cool cat and so that's the thing. But um, yeah, with that man, thank you so much for being on. It's been a hell of a time. Don't show your junk to A Rod. Other than that, be, be there or be, be square. square. I'm so boned. I forgot to get my girl tickets for the show tomorrow, and now it's sold out. It's her freaking birthday. Oh, dude. She's totally gonna break up with you. She's definitely gonna break up with me. Should've used TickPick. Wait, what'd you say? TickPick. Look. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. What? There are no hidden fees. What'd you guys think I said? Oh, TickPick. I thought you said TickPick. No 
hidden fees. Download today. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.